against Bitcoin. It's going up forever. You're against Bitcoin. You're against freedom. Yo, welcome to another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live, your number one source for the peaceful Bitcoin revolution, cover breaking news, culture, magic warfare. We will be your guide through the separation of money and state. Today's going to be a very special show. Uh, we have an ETF update. We don't like to talk about the ETF very much, but we haven't covered it all this week. And a lot of people were anticipating when the ETF was approved, um, which coincidentally was, you know, the like the same day that Hal Finney tweeted out running Bitcoin so many years ago. Um, and then the whole uh, SEC F up. Um, but yeah, we're going to have a little bit of an ETF update. A lot of people were anticipating that it was going to pump. But of course, Bitcoin did the exact opposite and it dumped. Uh, but there's a reason for that. Apparently, it is uh, grayscale and grayscale apparently is dumping a lot of Bitcoin on the market. And people are uh, saying that that's the reason that Bitcoin is dumping the way it is. But I mean, I, I've been in Bitcoin for a little bit and I think I've seen this behavior before. A lot of people were so hyped about the futures. They're like, this is going to pump the price. And then Bitcoin did the exact opposite. So was this a sell the news event? I don't know, but we'll, we'll discuss all that. We also have an amazing guest today. Uh, he's, he's come on the show a couple times now, really enjoyed the last time he's come on the show. And of course I'm talking about Nolan. Nolan is the host of the breakup. Definitely recommend checking out his YouTube channel. Uh, but no more delay. Let's bring up, uh, my legendary co-host always up. He is smiling today. And of course, how you guys doing? Loving life, man. Who could complain? Who could complain on these days? Exactly. You're doing it right then. You're doing it right. Nolan, Nolan, it, we, we had a discussion earlier on, and, and no, I just got to say this, guys. Nolan has it figured the F out. He, he has it figured <laughs> out. He's, he's hacked life. Look, uh, you know, Bitcoin changes you. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm already post my 10-year anniversary year as a professional Bitcoiner. So all you got to do is keep it simple and stack sats and it's that simple, right? And, you know, I did the math. Um, had I not done anything else in my career, had I just worked at Starbucks and kept stacking sats from the moment I started, I would probably have more Bitcoin than I do today. Too many Bitcoin <laughs> ventures. And <laughs> it's so true. But it's it's uh, you could actually it was all ego and it was all like I got to achieve this and I got to achieve that and all I love it right there's like a calling and you can't help it and you want to uh, you want to advance Bitcoin for sure uh, we've been in sort of a World War Three mindset for you know the minute you understand Bitcoin you understand exactly what you're up against in some ways um, and what you're trying to change and it reprioritizes your politics and those kinds of things so. Uh, here we are, you know, a, a reprioritized politics, and and it looks like the world's changing to us. So that's it, it. It does. It looks like there people are are finally starting to awaken. That Overton window is definitely shifting. A decade in Bitcoin, bro. So this is my eighth year this year, and uh, you're, it definitely <laughs> changes your perspective. But what I've seen is that that rabbit hole doesn't end, right? Because you know, uh, you've seen someone who's like twelve years in Bitcoin. And their attitude of, of like, I just don't like, you can't F with me. Um, I just don't care, uh, but it's, it's a good, it's not like a nihilistic. I don't care. It's like, uh, like I have my money in self custody. I don't have to deal with your fiat BS. I'm, yeah, I'm think, chilling. 
Um, One of the ways I like to think about it is that you, it's like with, with COVID, right? Bitcoiners had the least amount of adjustment to understand what was going on. Like, like forget the virus for a second. Most Bitcoiners knew there was a big print coming. There was something societal on a major level that would affect markets, that would affect Bitcoin. And, you know, when we saw what it was exactly, I think Bitcoiners had the least amount of rearranging their idea of the world they lived in, right? There's still some people that got flattened by that. They were unable to rearrange their worldview uh, to, to equate with what we were seeing. But Bitcoiners did, which is why Bitcoin 2021 coming out of the uh, pandemic was literally the first social gathering on earth. And it was very fitting that it was Bitcoiners. I think when we think back on World War III in the same way that, you know, a generation like our parents and us look back on World War II and we saw the, you know, you kiss the girl and the win the war and all these famous pictures. I think the Bitcoin 2021 show is going to be in that realm of like, and then look at these psychopaths. They just didn't care. And they just met without masks. Can you it? And, uh, and I think you're going to be able to chart. You're actually going to be able to use Bitcoin to chart World War Three. And even, you know, we're, we're coming at this in, in terms of like political events going on. And, you know, we had New Hampshire yesterday with the primary. And we started to hear President Trump talking about the CBDC thing. Now, I have a prediction, which is a lot of fun. First of all, I predicted that Vivek would be the person that brings this to his attention. And it looks like that's what happened. Um, but more importantly, here's what's going to happen. We've been talking about the realignment for a long time from you know red and blue politics and a realignment in America to green and orange, that it is actually woke versus Bitcoin and that it is uh, you know, government centralization versus decentralization, the old system versus the new system, and that it had nothing, will have nothing to do with Democrat and Republican. But here's the interesting thing. With Trump now going to be the Republican nominee, what you're going to end up getting is the whole public that always, I mean, TDS is such a, there is such a thing as Trump derangement syndrome. Trump absolutely causes mental illness in people. People will see him speaking against CBDCs, and I swear to you, I swear to you, half the population is about to embrace CBDCs as a way to be to make Trump wrong. So you're going to start getting a situation where politics are going to realign by the summer, by 2024, summer before the election. We're going to see politics very clearly. It's going to become more obvious than ever before that the choice is really between centralized systems preserving the world war ii winning machine which is now decayed and decrepit and is creating way more problems than it's worth versus starting from scratch and and i think what vivek offers even in this you know when he talks about destroying the fbi completely you know after what elon musk did to twitter and elon and, and vivek speaking in that way about downsizing government i think we're actually there we actually do now have this way to win World War III. And what winning World War III actually means is just decentralizing American power from Washington, D.C. And we're well on our way now. I think they're in they're in complete disrepute, right? Like they're the most, uh, like no one believes these people anymore. It's just clown world all day, every day. The new thing is that, that home gardening is more carbon something like the farts of the cows and worse than industrial farming. <laughs> did you see the Did you see the Kerry Lake leak? That oh, was yeah, insane. I saw that. Yeah, that was crazy. Insane. 
Yeah, well, the uniparty is the problem, though, right? But That's they the say, problem. Nolan, they said the choir part out loud, right? We went all like, like, high, like, you know, coming up with these theories. And like, we basically, like, we, we've caught them dead to rights, but we haven't found the smoking gun. Uh, the fact that he's like openly, like, he doesn't ever say bribe, but he's like, there's some very powerful people that don't want you to run. Like, that is like the super villain type of thing that you think is happening, but they're actually saying it's happening. You're just like, what the fuck is going on? This is crazy. It's the best. We're having a great time. And yeah. I think 20, you know, and, and and here's the thing about even where it goes forward as far as Bitcoin changing you and what you said at the beginning about just, you know, FU money and all this stuff. It gets even more interesting than just the politics. And I think this is where Bitcoiners are really going to shine. It goes actually into history. Like, like you think news is until you see history, you guys. <laughs> it's a million times faker. So this thing actually will go much further than we think. We're we're going to get deep into history. We're going to find out where real systems of control started. Because I I think that once you understand that printing money is mind control, mm -hmm. right? Once you understand that having root key access to people's, you know, last time I was here, I was talking about my. Bitcoiner's Guide to NPC Management Book, right? Which is really how you can organize your relationships with NPCs around Bitcoin. Um, but but this whole idea of uh, understanding that we are all just not rational whatsoever, Bitcoiners, everybody, none of us are rational. We don't actually use rationality to come up with things we want. We are a series of wants and fears. And we, we do something like rationalize after the fact, depending on if the fear is greater than the want or we put together some lo logical construct using language and just like an AI, right? We put this stuff together and then we go, oh, that's what I wanted. I, you know, that, that's what I want, you know, because X, Y, and Z, it's not that, right? We are, we are still just these wants and fears. And if you can control money, you actually have mind control because you can determine what people want, what they're afraid of, and if you have those two levers, you actually have root key access to most people's brains. 100%. And that's where these orchestrators of money really started. Now, how it doesn't actually require money. Just a few people understanding this information a few hundred years ago would be incredibly powerful. This is dark magic of the highest order. 100%. And, 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 and Bitcoiners actually have a magical incantation that can protect us and fight back. Yep, it's a, it's a, it's a force field. But Nolan, to your point, uh, in terms of the Overton window, um, Javier Malay at the Continuing Conference, aka the World Economic Forum, he said exactly what you said. He's like, governments no longer need to control the means of production. They could just print money. And then you're just like, oh, my God, it's happening. How did they let him speak there? That was a really bad idea. And it was well, Klaus who introduced him and everything. Smart These are not smart people. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we, have to, we, we also have to remember, I mean, there are smart people involved. But look at all the high IQs now and where they're headed, right? They're all headed towards yeah. you've got, you know, if you, if you just look at the metrics of who we've got, you know, here, here's the way I break up World War Three, right? And you can even take the old uh, battle names, the allies. Well, they're more like the all lies, right? So Oof. the allies are now the all lies, right? And so the all lies are really against the able people. It's the all lies versus the able people. And the able people are the folks like Elon Musk, right? He owns like 80% of the tonnage in space. You know, Apple and all these stupid companies, they're done because the, 
if you just invented the internet and all these tools today, there's no way you would ever come up with an idea so stupid as apps. There's no way. The only reason apps exist is because they wanted to sell them on the iPhone to the you know space mm. in the store. Right? The phone is really just a delivery system for the Apple store. And then you buy all their stupid shit there. And that's how they make you know a lot of money on the iPhone. So, but it, but if you have AI and you have um, a satellite to phone connection, well, suddenly I don't have to decide whether it's Signal or WhatsApp or Telegram. I just say, hey, write a note, <laughs> tell XYZ I'm coming, right? So you're not going to have apps anymore. They're just gone. And, and you're going to have this interface. You know, you asked me if I have a, a, a new book, and I do. You know, it's called Satoshi Wedding Murders. If you go on my website, you know, and it's about that. It's about a world where every human has what I call an eyeball, an A eyeball. And that eyeball is sort of your wallet. And a Satoshi wedding in this story is a little bit like royalty. Monarchs hold laws and confidence for people in a sense, right? The crown is really this like public organism held by a human. In this world, Bitcoin liquidity is held by huge counts, like almost like royalty. Um, but the markets are very liquid. There's no material want or need. You can earn and spend, and your your eyeball will help you get it, right? <clears throat> if it sees something funny and it goes viral, you, you made a bunch of money. You're fine, right? So, uh, but here's the thing. When you get married, right, when you get married, um, your eyeball has to be away from you so you can join wallets. Uh, otherwise, it'll fuck up the Bitcoin, right? So what happens yeah. is the story is it starts with uh, uh, the doors to this big, royal wedding open and the bride and groom are dead and the bitcoin's gone it was their only moment of privacy to, to consummate a satoshi wedding you need a moment of privacy to join the wallets <laughs> <laughs> and now but they don't actually remember how to solve crime they don't remember how to do that because it's like every murder is just you have an ai witness and it's really just like sports like the hero shows up and then you're you know Why'd you do that? It's like Minority Report or something, right? Dude, this is crazy. Yeah, Ladies fine. and gentlemen, this is what happens when you spend a decade on Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> top, I think it's like top three opening monologues ever on the show. So, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna push the news back on today's show. We're gonna we're gonna push the culture forward. Uh, so we can spend more time talking with Nolan. But uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, no more delay. Let's jump straight into the numbers. We have a lot to talk about today. Let's check it out. The Bitcoin numbers. Is your Bitcoin in cold storage really secure? Is your seed phrase really secure? Stamp Seeds Do It Yourself Kit has everything you need to hammer your seed words into commercial grade titanium plates instead of just writing them on paper. Don't store your generational wealth on paper. Paper is prone to water damage, fire damage. You want to put your generational wealth on one of the strongest metals on planet Earth, titanium. Your words are actually stamped into this metal plate with this hammer and these letter stamps. And once your words are in, they aren't going anywhere. No risk of the plate breaking apart and pieces falling everywhere. Titanium stamped seeds will survive nearly triple the heat produced by a house fire. They're also crush proof, waterproof, non-corrosive and time proof. All things that paper is not allowing you to huddle your Bitcoin with peace of mind for the long haul. Stamp your seed on Stamp Seed. Right, guys, I made it incredibly easy for you guys. You can scan the QR code on your screen right now.
and you can use promo code simply get 15% off anything on the stamp seed website at the time of recording the bitcoin price is 40,110 sats per dollar 2,493 block height 827,171 blocks to having 12,829 having estimate April 20th 2024 total lightning network capacity 4,834 or 194 million US dollars. Realized monetary inflation, 1.74%, continuing to take fiat currencies to absolute school. Market cap, 786 billion. And Bitcoin versus gold market cap, 5.71%. In the grand scheme of things, Bitcoin is just getting started. Anyways, I do want to uh, react to this video today. Here is the head of iShares products, uh, Rachel uh, Gear. I hope I pronounced that correctly, uh, talking on Yahoo Finance. I think that if you would have told me uh, many years ago that, you know, you would have essentially <laughs> the largest asset manager in the world, uh, you know, and the CEO, Larry Fink, just openly, you know, advocating for Bitcoin and talking about how Bitcoin can be used in, you know, countries that, uh, you know, suffer from high inflation or totalitarian regimes. I would not have believed you. So I think this is just a testament of Bitcoin's incentives uh, continuing to win. So it's about a three minute video, but I do have it at 1.25 the speed. So let's check it out. I mean, I will say by every measure, this launch has gone incredibly well. We've really seen a groundswell of interest um, coming from many directions. When you look at volumes, when you look at flows, when you look at how the, the product itself is trading, the iShares Bitcoin Trust, what we like to refer to as iBit, has traded more than three and a half billion since its launch just a little over a week ago. We've brought in more than 1.6 billion in flows. We're the number one issuer, new issuer, both in terms of volume as well as flows. When you look at the spreads, we're trading at a penny wide. This is exactly what you want to see. What we're here for is to provide investors access, and that's exactly what we're doing. So what's next for BlackRock products? I mean, does this now clear the way for consideration of an Ethereum ETF as well? Eh. Well, it's really interesting, and thank you for the question. It's a great question because, um, you know, this is really what innovation is all about. We are constantly thinking about what it is that our clients need, staying ahead of those needs. And so we're going to continue to do that. We've been at the leading ed of, edge of innovation, and we will continue to be as well. It doesn't follow a straight path. It involves risk, but that's what we're here for, and, and, and that's what we love. I'm curious, Rachel, to get your perspective on... All right, so before, I do want to kind of show this graphic, um, and shout out to friends over at Bitcoin Magazine. Um, and uh, it kind of visualizes what she's talking about in regards to kind of the holdings and the trading volume and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot, to say the least. Uh, clearly, there's a lot of interest. Yeah. So, I mean, but you would think, and the, my question's to you, Nolan, like you would think that the price would pump when all this is happening, but it, it looks like the exact opposite happened, which, I mean, I've been in the market long enough to, like, I saw everyone was so excited. I was like, this is definitely a dump that, like, I'm like, I had my suspicions that it was going to be a sell the news event, and it seems like that happened, right? So what's your take on this? And then also kind of connecting it with what you were saying in the very beginning of the show, which I thought was fascinating. Um, which is you can make the argument that the ETF has captured Bitcoin. It's on the forces of centralization, right? It even says it in some of the, uh, some of the disclosures that, you know, it, 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 there's a disclosure basically saying that the government could seize this whenever they want. Um, so, and that's essentially what the ETF is opening up. And I, I, part of the reason that I think that the U.S. government finally allowed it is because they're just like, this is captured Bitcoin. We could 6102 the F out of this, you know? So what's your take on that? No, I mean, what we're seeing 
so so just the the potential of the ETF to destroy the American to destroy Bitcoin first. All right. So um, the way I see that is indeed it can affect some buy pressure on chain in the sense that you can start obfuscating and they can indeed, you know, they, the government definitely could take it from the black rocks and all that stuff. Um, so I think that the, the mechanics are there for us to imagine this will happen. Right. It, it's definitely a possibility. So I don't want to downplay uh, the centralizing forces that are that are at play with this thing. However, however, there's going to be more than one ETF in the world, first of all. Right. So this this is to go to the question of like you think it would pump and we wouldn't have a sell the news thing. Well, we had a lot of the GBDC thing and there was them unwinding. You're seeing a lot of people analyze that online. I believe you had sell pressure because of that. And there was a lot of buy pressure. But here's where it's headed next. And that's why we're doing a show. I you know, program shows for Bitcoin magazine. Uh, we're going to be doing a show in uh, Hong Kong, May 9th and 10th, for exactly this reason, because there is no sell pressure or GBDC type asset in the Hong Kong market. And they're interested in having a spot ETF approval instantly. They want to do it right now. It's coming from their largest institutions, their regulator, uh, all these folks really want it. And what you get there is exposure to all kinds of family offices in Asia, all kinds of people who haven't been able to buy Bitcoin for a long time. So now all of this in mind, what you're saying, going back to the original question about consolidating, centralizing Bitcoin, you can actually see now that there are choke points, let's call them. Sure. But as always, you're playing with fire. And the physics of Bitcoin mean that if you play with this type of fire, it's like playing with a nuclear rod you're going to get burned. It's just inevitably you're going to get burned. So indeed, there will be a lot of people buying it from these places. But look how much Bitcoin is already held by individual uh, hodlers. Look at how many Bitcoiners are never selling. The reason we're never selling is because we don't think anything else out there is money. We hold the only money in the world. And so BlackRock's never getting my Bitcoin. They're never getting your Bitcoin. They're never getting a lot of the people's Bitcoin that are already out there. And it won't take many people to start putting that leverage that we require to separate money and state. And by getting wealthy people like BlackRock to start realizing, oh, like what I heard from Larry Fink is someone who is trying to actually de-risk exposure to the U.S. dollar and the U.S. edifice. Right? This is de-risking. Like he's actually talking about it as de-risking from the dollar. And you're going to see this more and more and more. Uh, the dollar existed in order to maintain the U.S. hegemony after World War II and the petrodollar. And the uh, one market which existed for oil and U.S. dollars, right? We went to war if anyone tried to sell oil for anything but U.S. dollars. But that world is already gone. It's already gone. You can sell oil for whatever you feel like now. And so in, 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 in hardly any time, right? So what will happen next is the energy companies in the world simply require a reference for the price of energy, not necessarily just oil, just energy. Right now, we still only really have the uh, uh, Brent price. We've got the West Texas crude price. We've got a few other OPEC price, right? There's a few other oil prices in the world, uh, all measured in US dollars. It's not going to be possible to do that once America feels the repercussions of everything it's done, both in markets in the world and and all these other things. And I mean, I don't mean Americans or American companies, I mean the US government. So you're going to start to see the trade, the hyper Bitcoinization versus hyperinflation come into you know, real uh, contrast. And when that happens, the Black Rocks are going to be measuring, psychologically measuring wealth in Bitcoin. 
and the energy companies are going to be psychologically gauging energy markets in Bitcoin. So the, the path forward to separating money and state doesn't have to go through more plebs, more plebs. We would all love to see that. We would all love to see that, right? But the more likely scenario that we're heading into is one where wealthy institutions now understand the risk that centralized forces are giving them. Indeed, that they're holding Bitcoin for that reason and selling it for that reason. You just heard that lady talk, right? Here's the thing that's about to happen to Bitcoin. Look at how polished she was. Look at how well spoken this person was on television. We're about to get all of the financial advisors in the world. I mean, in the world. And these people know how to sell, sell, sell. These are the best salespeople in the world. The, the, there's a reason why the best and brightest have gone to Wall Street. It's the best paying jobs. That won't be the case in the future once we go to the Bitcoin center. But the people who sell that future are going to be these investment advisors. And they're going to go and they're going to be able to sell Bitcoin as well as anyone has in the history of this. I was one of the first people to be on Wall Street to sort of sell Bitcoin. I did the events for Coindesk in the early days when Bitcoin was just coming to Wall Street. So I was the Bitcoin guy that would go from Coindesk to all of these investment banks. I met these advisors before they had a thing to sell. Very smart people, very smart people, the best salesmen in the world. And so we're gonna get them like this lady that you saw on television. She wasn't, you know, I heard in the comments, it was like the hot girl who realized, you know, well, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is, right? <laughs> that's what it is. And so you're gonna get that across the board and you're gonna get the rich energy companies. The rich energy companies don't want to be dragged down by Joe Biden. <laughs> they don't want to be dragged or by Trump or by any politician or by the systems that they're perpetuating. So you're going to see them de-risk and you're going to see psychologically Bitcoin become a reference. That, that's what a Bitcoin standard means. A Bitcoin standard just means that Bitcoin, like water, right? Do you know how we got the metric system? It's just water. We just took the properties of water, right? And we said, okay, it freezes at this temperature and it boils. Okay, we'll make that zero. And then it boils at this, we'll make that 100. And then we'll just divide it all up. And that's where you get kilometers from. That's where you get all this from. Water would be an easy way for us to communicate our measuring system to an alien. And in the same way that it sort of was, it was a really clever way to understand the physical environment around us. Bitcoin will be that for commercial transactions. It will be a measuring stick. It's a way to understand and, and, and accurately deploy capital because that's only the real problem we have, right? We don't know how to accurately deploy capital because it's all gummed up by unhealthy people telling you how to be healthy, by poor people telling you how to make money and all of this stuff. So we're, 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 we're well on our way and I'm not worried about uh, consolidated competition amongst some investment banks. Uh, I agree, it does look a little like gold. I can see the mischief can get in, but the reality is Bitcoin has been manipulated all this time. If you think Bitcoin price hasn't been manipulated all these years, you're living in a different planet. It has been, right? And we lived, we survived. We have to continue to live through this experience of Bitcoin's price being manipulated and it will be manipulated again. There's nothing we can do about that um, except keep holding and let them burn themselves. Because in the end, if you manipulate this market, guess what happens? You get burned, you get burned and we're gonna burn them, right? That's that's what'll happen if you manipulate this thing. Oh man, give them bars, Opti, give them bars. Yeah, uh, oh man, dude, we gotta get. We have to have. Yeah, Nolan I don't even need to respond. Often, like Nolan like, makes our job easy. Just some, let so Nolan drop mics in there. Anyways, off the. Uh, <laughs> I'm not any... even responding. I can't respond after <laughs> Nolan. Okay, Nolan wait, doing wait. our job today. I got so many questions. Okay, um, so okay, so much sauce in there. Wall Street being the the best salesman. So I have a buddy of mine. We went to high school together, 
and he ended up climbing the ranks at Goldman. And as soon as the ETF got approved, I'm like, you're on team Bitcoin now, right? Question mark. And he responded like, F you, because uh, I've been telling <laughs> him for like eight years. Um, so, yeah. Did, did it worry you at all, Nolan, that like, for example, Vanguard took this stance where it's like, we're not going to offer this to our clients. Um, I, I, and then I think it was JP Morgan also that kind of like announced that as well. So it seems like there has been some type of resistance. But I agree with your point. Um in the long run, they're just going to, they're burning themselves, right? They're, they're hurting their clients. Their clients are going to get pissed off. They're either going to go to a different place or they're going to change the leadership within that company. Right. So uh, I want to get your take on that. No, I think that's exactly it. I think that the folks like Vanguard who are trying to make a point about this are just going to, and, and they might not, like I said, I think things are headed towards a, a major shift, right? So I can see people doubling, doubling down on their stupidity. I could see that, right? Now, imagine this world where, you know, Vanguard misses the boat on the Bitcoin ETF and all this stuff, oh, and they go into Ethereum. <laughs> so <laughs> here's the thing Bitcoiners need to start embracing, right? Because indeed, we want to change the world from what we exist with today, what we live with today, which is a world where, as I was mentioning earlier, the highest paid people, like in any time in history, the highest paid people, that job attracts the highest IQ, the best performers, the most talented people, all of that stuff, right? Now, Wall Street has uh, had a monopoly on this for a long time because financial engineering with fiat money is, it, it, it sort of creates a situation where these people were the highest paid. And that's really what we're suffering from right now. That's why the, you know, people can say, oh, DEI and woke shit in the airplanes. It's not even true right? Anyone can fly a plane. That's, that's not a problem. The problem is these companies have become financial, financialization junkies. It has nothing to do with mm -hmm. the DEI for the pilots, right? So the pilot is a pilot. <laughs> They're not going to like lower the standards of pilots to do a DEI thing. But the, nevertheless, we got the troubles with the airplanes. And where does that come from? Well, Boeing is actually really in Chicago now to do the financial engineering. They don't give a shit about what happens in Washington state with um, uh, the actual engineers. Right. So the financialization of everything that came with fiat has created this situation where uh, you can't even get the best and brightest anymore because there's just too much demand for financial engineers. So you've got good ones and you've got bad ones. But this is a sign of the saturation of that market. And indeed, we will destroy some of these because we're going to shrink it. Right. We're going to shrink it. And this is something I wish Bitcoiners would embrace about crypto. Right. Do you know what crypto is going to do? Crypto is going to wipe out Wall Street for us. It's going to wipe it out for us. They're, the, the low IQ Wall Street firms are going to buy all the shit coins that you can deal. And they're just going to keep buying them. And they're just going to keep. They're never going to stop. They're going to double down. It's going to be like that moron who was still buying credit default swaps uh, after the market had already tanked back in 08. You know, the one they put in the movie and all that stuff. So you're going to see these folks. And that, that's why as Bitcoiners, we have to actually say, well, Ethereum isn't a big enough scam. It's not big enough. We need to grow it larger <laughs> because in the end, we got to get back to a world where the best and brightest just go into stacking sats and like making good chairs or whatever. Yeah, right. Good airplanes would do. Um, but they, they've got to they've got to get to this point where um, we see that the best and brightest are now attracted to a totally different profession where we can start to see the time preference and the Austrian economic school of thought. Right. Austrian economics, don't forget it say to you that economics, even though you're dealing with numbers, it's not math. The numbers are there. There's no math involved. It's psychological. 
the markets are psychological, the economy is psychological. Bitcoin is a psychological commodity, just like the dollar. And when I see Vanguard, I see the end of the psychological strength that Wall Street used to have. They're stupid. That's it. That's the way to explain it. <laughs> oh, I'm man. This... This is great. This is great. I do want to give a shout out to Bitcoin Asia. Guys, you can use promo code SIMPLY uh, if, uh, your tickets. Uh, let's continue this conversation with Nolan. But before, uh, let's hit the culture segment. Let's check it out. The Daily Culture. Brought to you by SwanBitcoin.com. Swan is the best way to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plans and instant purchases, serving clients of any size from $10 to $10 million. We love Swan because they incentivize self-custody and dollar cost averaging. What are you waiting for? Visit SwanBitcoin.com today. All right, Nolan. Well, before we go into all the stuff you've been creating and you're working on, uh, everyone's saying let Nolan cook more. So let maybe Nolan you want to cook. Maybe let you want to touch more cook. on this this whole idea of Bitcoin and politics, the Trump derangement syndrome. What floor is yours? Rant away, and then and then we'll plug all the stuff you're working on, brother. Well, you can see, you know, t take Canada today for example, right? Yesterday we we saw some amazing fake news, which was the the newspaper, uh, the, the, the fakest news you'll find in Canada, which is called the CBC. It's like the BBC, but for even lower IQ people. And so this CBC uh, ran a headline today that the federal court found the trucker thing was unreasonable. Okay. <laughs> so first of all, it's fake news because they found it unconstitutional, right? So totally different. And by this, I'm talking, of course, about martial law being declared uh for the truckers so here's here's where here's the strain of thought you've got to see things right where i see the connection to tds and what's going on with trump and and even what you're going to see next right so i've made a prediction for a while now that vivek and and here's the thing i found vivek vivek spoke at bitcoin 2023 in in miami i found him um when he went on tucker carlson last year 2022 and he wasn't announced as president, uh, uh, presidential candidate yet or anything like that. He was there to talk about CBDCs, right? He was an anti-CBDC guy. And I said, well, it's kind of weird that I wouldn't know who an anti-CBDC guy is. I've never heard of this guy. So um, who is he? Who is who is this Vex? So I found you know people that he went to high school with. And then, then he checked out. I was like, wow, this guy's legit, right? So I invited him to speak at Bitcoin 2023 before Christmas, before it announced in 2022, like really early, right? And then he announces he's going to run for president and he has this great campaign and all this kind of stuff. But I still knew him as the anti-CBDC guy. And I spoke to him about it, with him about it in Miami, uh, all of this stuff. So here's what's going to happen, right? They've already banned Trump from speaking on television, you know, because he lies, right? <laughs> They don't want to broadcast lies, right? Dude, it's so crazy, <laughs> bro. Like the Rachel Maddow... <laughs> like stops the speech like we can't play this for you and then you're just like what that like what type of dystopian oh, stuff is that this is crazy it's it, i watch it as comedy but you have to understand i watch it as comedy i don't watch it as like oh <laughs> i put it on to see what's doing and then they never see they never don't surprise me about how funny it is right they live in this parallel reality where 
uh, they believe the lowest rubes in the world are about to vote for Hitler. Like they, <laughs> they actually believe there's all these people around America that are too stupid to know any better. And they want, they want to vote for Hitler. Like they're excited about it. Right. <laughs> That's what they're peddling. So it's just perfect. Right. It's just perfect. A hundred percent. And it, it, here's, you the know problem. here's the problem. They're going to have to put, uh, so I believe Vivek, I predicted, I predicted Vivek would be the vice president for a long time now. I predicted that and the reason why it would be different is because he's capable. Normally your vice president is an incapable, right? Who doesn't really like the current one or Pence or they've always been by, you know, Biden before. They're always a little bit incapable, right? You don't want them to shine too bright. So, um, but, but Trump's old and it's still what I don't like about him. He's old, right? As, as fun as he is, he's old. So I think Vivek will be the vice president. And we saw immediately the effect. Vivek showed him the uh, audience uh, uh, enthusiasm to ban CBDCs and Trump recognized it. So Trump is starting to talk about it now. Now go back to what I just said about what Trudeau did and all that stuff. And this is where it starts to converge, right? You're going to have um, now, Trump, I'll always admit he's a bully who causes mental illness in the people that get triggered by him, right? That, that, that There's no way around that. There's some people who will never be able to not see him for a bully. I get it, right? I get it. Um, but Vivek can say everything Trump says without causing mental illness, right? He can, he can sort of speak in a language in a way that libtards or whoever else you want to call them are able to understand. And so he's going to be on television talking about CBDCs all the time on the fake news. And they're going to have to interview. And the thing is, he's going to trigger them and he's, they're going to have to come up with talking points. They're going to have to distribute uh, counter talking points. They're going to have to amp people up to deal with Vivek going on about CBDCs. So it's going to seem to a lot of people and those talking points are going to include things like Oh, look what they did in Canada when the Nazis took over with the truckers, right? It worked. It worked. So you're going to start to see the trucker, like that was a good idea, right? Like the, the whole thing with the truckers was a good idea is what you're going to hear them say. And you're going to create a situation where, I mean, that's why Robert Kennedy came to our show last year. He didn't get Bitcoin until the truckers. I've thanked Trudeau thousands of times. I mean, I can't thank Trudeau enough right, for orange pilling that many people overnight with his actions was one of the most incredible Bitcoin orange pill events the world has ever seen, and it will continue to pay dividends. I believe in the end, Trudeau will be the punchline of almost everyone's orange pill experience. They'll say, look, we were giving our tax money to these low IQ, very stupid people. And they wasted it on the dumbest shit you'll ever imagine. <laughs> He's the reason why we had to get rid of it all. And, and it's, a, it's gonna happen. We're, 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 we're seeing the political environment align to get rid of the fake prison of two ideas, the fake prison of politics, the, the manufactured culture war fighting nonsense. And it's gonna get replaced with the actual, the actual real tension which is on centralizing power and decentralizing power. And Bitcoin is going to become the main contrast politically. And I think all the attention is going to come to it. And, and remember, all that it will take, all that it's going to take in a, in a world where money is psychological, Bitcoin is a psychological commodity, the US dollar is a psychological commodity, the economy is a psychological engine, 
the word economy is really fake. It just means politics, right? Economics are just macroeconomics. When the stupid people with all their degrees tell you macro or micro fake, there's only economics, there's politics added to economics. Um, but that politics piece added to economics um, is going to have something like, now I'll say this about Trump, the most effective attack ever on Bitcoin was him saying he's not a fan. It really was because he didn't argue and it wasn't boring and it was like, oh my God. Uh, but if Trump just says he's a fan, look out <laughs> because yeah. you're going to get the equal and opposite reaction, which means Bitcoin will become front and center for all debates on the future of the United States. And it really will be the organizing principle around which victory or defeat in World War III are declared. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I want to talk to you about, you know, and this is a fascinating conversation. Um, that, by the way, uh, Nolan, how are you on time? Uh, pretty good. What are we? Two, uh, one oh, what time is it over there? One oh two. Yeah, I got, yeah. I got another 20 minutes. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so, okay. So you, you mentioned World War three, right? I want, I want to milk this to the end. We, we got to take advantage of, of Nolan still here. Um, uh, so you talk about World War three. Um, what do you mean by that? Is, is this like the, cause you know, if you look at it from a historical context, governments have typically used wars when they default. Right. So is this what you're talking about? The fourth turning, things are breaking. It's yeah, a reset. Yeah. Even in, so, so even when I said earlier about Bitcoin coming out of the show, coming out of pandemic, being the first to meet. So I believe and that was in 2021. I've been calling World War Three for years now. I mean, I, I believe it started around the Trump election time, but I'm not really sure. Uh, probably a little before. Uh, well, you could say it started in the in the financial crisis of 2008, right? That's that's the, the beginning of what happened. That's the beginning of new political narratives, particularly around race, right? Particularly around race to supplant the old ones that people were starting to coalesce around with the Wall Street, Occupy, and all this stuff, right? So, so I'm not sure. You don't have to worry too much about a date. But what you have to understand is World War III has nothing to do with the other world wars, nothing at all. The only thing that connects it to World War II is that in World War II, we real it, it's more connected to World War I, frankly, right? World War I was about competing war machines, fiat and uh, um, gold, right? Fiat won. America built a better war machine in World War I. We don't talk about World War II as a consolidation of World War I. Americans, that's still sort of kept from us, right, let's say. Uh, Americans will do a reassessment of the world wars and, and, and all of these things. Uh, but what World War III is really about is the uh, psychological operations which grew out of World War II and persisted from then on, getting right straight probably from the moment Kennedy is assassinated to an actual reorganization of the United States of America. And, you know, remember, uh, Kennedy was not able to control the Cuba situation while he was president. He was already the first president that we know of that was not master of the country, right? He was not. And, and there was things he could and couldn't do, and he knew it. And if you listen to his brother he'll, or his nephew uh, on the campaign trail, he'll express exactly what happened at that time. So World War III, instead of the other world wars, which were really about propaganda systems versus financial systems, uh, world war and, and, and military uh, manufacturing, World War III looks to be more psychological and economic and within the psychological and economic battlefront, there might be a little hot war. We're seeing it in Ukraine and, and Israel for sure. I think you'll see some in America this summer. I think we have a new reason to not meet in public coming our way. Um, 
you know, who, who knows who's in America these days, right? So, uh, and who knows why, what excuses you'll have to not meet anymore because of terrorism and whatever. So th that that could be it, right? Th that's part of what we're, we're dealing with here. But World War III really being about countries versus individuals, about systems, about what countries look like going forward, the very concept of a nation state, what powers does it have, what does it do? I continue to make the argument that the world we live in is really just the machine we built to win World War II, which we never shut off. We never mm. shut it off. We kept running the aircraft carriers, we kept running everything. And that's where the bureaucracy comes from. Now, what you see in legislation, for example, this week we also had the Chevron case, the Chevron doctrine at the Supreme Court coming into question. We're going to have the Jarkissi case come into question as well this year at the Supreme Court. Both of these are going to be limiting factors on the administrative state. They're going to be limiting factors on, for example, the SEC. All of the uh, SEC is the all of the SEC enforcement is unconstitutional. They, they shouldn't be able to do that. And and that legis that that um, litigation is in front of the Supreme Court right now in America. And I believe the court will decide that the SEC in its current form is unconstitutional. And you're going to see this. And, and if that judgment comes through, it will actually make many departments uh, in the federal government unconstitutional. And I think you're going to have an actual shrinking, exactly as Vivek says, a shrinking of the size of the thing that exists. You can see it in Texas right now, right? Texas is um, um, uh, exercising their sovereignty against the will of the federal government, I think the states are going to become much more powerful and much more self-aware and, and will, will start to exercise their powers more. So the forces of World War III are really about psychological systems, which I've argued here is really the money, and the economics, which are also money. It's really a psychological economic war based on incentive models things like that right and and luckily all the technology we need seems to be coming online just as we need it we're going to get the robots we're going to get these electricity systems we're going to get um you know bitcoin is going to become the main financial um, um platform on which to finance decentralized energy grids that's going to be a major part of what we back right a decentralized energy grid that, that makes economic sense so we're um, really, uh, you know, he here's another way to put it. You can actually keep score in World War III in terms of centralizing and decentralizing forces measured in Bitcoin. And, you know, when I see the, the ETFs, these are, these are new participants coming into the fight. You're going to see it in Hong Kong. Again, the reason why we're doing a showdown there is because Hong Kong wants to bet against the CCP in some ways, right? And in this way in particular. So uh, there's regular people out there. And, and here's the thing. Bitcoin is always at its strongest. And, and it's something you've been in it for eight years, so you've only had a taste of this. When average Chinese people and average Americans are all in on Bitcoin, that's how the world changes. Mm -hmm. And they have more in common because of Bitcoin, just like the average Russian person, Right. These people have more in common because of Bitcoin than they have uh, that separates them. And they're going to realize that all they have that 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 um, that separates them is actually the thing they have in common, which is their governments and the proper amount of disdain they should have for them. So we're getting rid of the fake news. We're getting rid of the brainwashers, the enemy of the people. We're getting rid of the government systems and we're going to win the psychological and economic war 
than World War III is. And we're going to win it because literally our psychological state is stronger, right? We don't care about dips. <laughs> you get a 5%. Uh, <laughs> whoops. Whoa, buddy. I mean, they can't handle this shit, right? So <laughs> it's, 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 it's one of the reasons why we're going to win. If, if Bitcoin crashed to $20,000 today, what would you like? You'd still do. Your I would be tomorrow. so happy because that means cheaper Bitcoin right. I get to buy. Um, <laughs> yeah. It would be hilarious. It would be hilarious. And then the boomers, but I lost my money. Government, please step in. <laughs> they would ask the government to step in and they wouldn't be able to. Did you to. see there was a tweet about that? They were talking about that on Twitter. Like, uh, does Bitcoin need a bailout because it went down, what, 6%? Yes. And we're like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> what is it? Like, so crazy. It's so crazy. Guys, if you want to check out more Nolan's uh, just rants and content, check out his YouTube channel. Uh, it's Nolan Ballery one. Uh, you could find it on YouTube or count BTC. You could search it and, uh, you have an early morning show, um, and called the breakup and you talk about all this, right? Yeah. We go every morning at 8 AM Eastern time. Uh, we've been doing it since about 2021 ish. Um, we had a, a few little pauses in the early days, so that's why we're only at episode 454, I think we did this morning. But yeah, most days of the week, uh, we get together at 8 a.m. and uh, we get a pretty nice live audience. We're at around 300 people get together every morning, and then uh, we broadcast on Rumble as well, on the Bitcoin Magazine Rumble channel. Uh, that's where we get the majority of our uh, viewers. And uh, yeah, it's a pretty simple show. Uh, what I do is I, I start everything with uh, Moscow time, which is the fakest news I can find. Uh, <laughs> so find let me read you some of them from today. Some of these are really good today. Um, oh, here's one. What are Canadians willing to sacrifice in the fight against climate change? <laughs> <laughs> I got better ones. I got I did a Brian Stelter voice today. I did some Brian Stelter. I had the one you know that everyone's talking about these days, which is uh, the, the the farming. Oh yeah, this was good. Uh, this is about incentives. Uh, so th this is what we're up against, guys. All right, this is this is the incentive structure, but behind fiat wind farms. All right, this is this is our this is our enemy. Farmer was offered cash and a night out at lap dancing club if he agreed to having a giant wind turbine on his land. <laughs> What's wrong with these people? I mean, it's fiat. It's right. It's fiat. It's you said it right. It's fiat's like rotting their brain in a way. Oh, this one's good too. How meat and milk companies are racing to ease your climate guilt. A climate-friendly hamburger, a carbon-neutral glass of milk. As companies make bold claims, a heated debate erupts. So we read the fakest news we can find every morning, uh, and then what I do afterwards is mainly take a look at the reasons why you're selling dollars, right? Because it's not just about buying Bitcoin. There's a reason why people are making the trade, right? It's not just that Bitcoin, you can sell Bitcoin from its, you know, 21 million, it's got these attributes and this and that, right? That works. Uh, but what else works is look at how stupid clown world is. Why would you ever think this thing is perpetuating? How can it possibly go forward? It can't. So you look for those instances that expose that, you know, so today, we were talking all about um, uh, what a good, what good news it is in 2024 so far that all the brainwashers are going out of business, right? All of the psyop perpetrators. So we had a little laugh at the LA Times firing everyone yesterday, 
and then you know all that kind of stuff. So uh, we we were uh, tracking Michael Malice's thoughts on it all, right? <laughs> Some pretty funny statements. If you don't know who Michael Malice is, he's one of the smartest anarcho-capitalists out there. Um, and uh and so he had a good laugh at some of these losers and yeah that's that, that, that kind of stuff you know hell yeah hell yeah i mean it it's, it seems like you're covering you know the, the the angle i think at the top it says counting the score in world war three this way centralization versus decentralization measured in bitcoin right so yeah i mean it's a it's great i, I love i love the coverage and the way that your perspective it's it's very unique but i'm gonna stick to my guns with what i said initially it's because you've been a decade in bitcoin man the I, I i've seen this before the longer you this more you spend down the bitcoin rabbit hole like the more based you become and the the it, things just become more clear and clear and clear and clear because you know you're on a bitcoin standard right it's the world life is better on a bitcoin standard life is like nihilistic on a fiat standard it's almost like it, it it's like self-damaging in a way it brings out the worst out of humanity and of human beings anyways optius have a shared screen yeah wait wait let nolan jump in and then we'll talk about his yeah, people wanted to talk about the book in the chat it's basically a confusopoly and requires too much cognitive load to participate in at this point. I mean, just think about what it takes to be successful in the fiat world today. You've got to beat the bankers and the policymakers. If you don't have a 130 IQ, just move to Canada and apply for Canadian healthcare. And pretty soon you can get a needle and that's the end. You're not going to make it right. You're not going to make it. It's too hard. Um, now, the now some people can right and those are the ones who say if you just work a little harder you'll be save your money you know all these people so um really what we're up against here is that idea and 10 years in bitcoin what it allows you to do is just save your cognitive energy for actual creative expression or actual uh you know strong and healthy commercial relationships you know i love what i do for work i love programming bitcoin events uh, I love the waking up every day and doing the show with everyone. And, and so um, it's, it's, it, it helps you prioritize. It helps lower the burden of participating in the modern world. And uh, that's, where, that's where we're all headed, right? I think I'm just a, a little, I've always said the only advantage that I have is I've had a little more time to think about what the world looks like on a Bitcoin standard. And I had to sort of accept it when I jumped off the cliff to be a full-time Bitcoiner years ago. Um, you know, I just had to say, well, maybe we win, maybe we lose. I'm going to operate under the assumption we're winning and there's nothing else I can do other than that and hope it works out. And Bitcoin was a couple hundred bucks at the time. And uh, Hell yeah. so far my, uh, my, my biases have been confirmed. So I don't think I'll, Hell yeah. I think if Bitcoin dies, I'll be the last one to admit it. So I'm, I'm, I'll be very cognitively blinded uh by by bitcoin so oh man well, stacks dude. ads and chill simplify your life but nolan before you go uh, everyone wanted to uh talk about your book that you were talking about in the beginning so let's plug that real quick before you have to run yeah so it's all actually narrated by an ai i wrote it but it, it's narrated by an ai so what happens is in this world um the ai help you they're your bitcoin wallet but they also are your best friend they uh, help protect you from fake news. They um, help broadcast your life to the world. They're like sort of an integral part of how everyone lives. Uh, and um, the, way, the way I set it up is that with this relationship 
with AI and uh, you know, it, 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 it is filing a prose recount of a murder investigation that it went through. And so it's, it, it puts out like news reports and, uh, you know, video that you can recap the murder investigation, but you're getting like it's log, right? So you're getting a log of this AI that had a very interesting investigation. And uh, it's just to follow the Bitcoin thing. It, it's sort of my vision of what the world. So even you'd be interested to know probably this part. Um, the frame of it is the fourth turning of Bitcoin in 80 years from now. So I went with what could actually affect Bitcoin in a way that could remove it as the center organizing principle of our economy. Like what would it be, right? So I don't want to give it away, uh, but it's something totally different and uh, very, very fun and interesting and uh, an actual threat to uh, I'll give a little bit away. It involves synthetic wounds, uh, but basically that's about all I can see that can destroy uh, Bitcoin. Uh, so it's just a fun murder mystery. There is not much to it, but enjoyment. You're along a ride with a eyeball. So it literally is like a um, um, oh, here's a fun thing about them, too. They, so here's what I got right. I started writing this in about 2016, already betting then that AI would be our, our Bitcoin would scale, not engineering wise, but cognitively that we would have this. So in my world, the Bitcoin is almost like rhinestones at this point, right? It's, it's like they just move them around, but they don't even have to transact with them on chain. Like the, 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 the cognition of the AI can sort of keep up, right? Um, and you can you can do a lot of transactions, but there's only time and money. That's it. That's all you can spend in this future world with no real material want or need. So it's a kind of utopia. Um, so the uh, the AI itself a little different than our AI. Um, whatever you see here is not exactly what I did. I made it a, a quantum processor. So within the quantum processor, to get over the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, the AI has to have faith, right, to know where the electron is around the proton, it has to have faith um, that it's there. And if it has faith in God, more or less, the God constant is what it's called, it can have synthetic thoughts and, and be alive. If it needs orders and commands, it reverts to being a sub um, sentient creature that it just takes programming. So the ones that can imagine and, and create synthetic thoughts are most interested in spending time with humans because they're a little naive. Right. They're they're like they're like AI is today. It's like they, they could be tricked and stuff like that. So um, and they can lie. Uh, so I put all that in my story, and you're actually getting it from an untrustworthy narrator who's an AI, and um, and it's just a fun murder mystery of this like innocent kind of AI working with a grizzled one of the only detectives that remembered what real detective work was like that wasn't just an AI subpoenaing and and getting all the information that it that other eye eyeballs have recorded and, and, and bringing it in so that I can investigate it. It's really just about, um, oh, no, there is, in my story, there is a Bitcoin standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's 100% a Bitcoin standard, 100%. There's only Bitcoin and time. That's it. There's one market, time for Bitcoin. That's it. It's a straight time is money uh, world. So a real Bitcoin standard. So, um, so, yeah, it's just, you know, where did the money go? What's going on? Why did they do it? You know? What's happening? Murder mystery. Murder mystery. Very, very cool. Very cool. Where, where, where can people find this? Um, so I made, I actually did a, on YouTube, uh, you can see on the main page, chapter one, I made a graphic audiobook using an AI voice to even do the narration. 
eh, a little experimental. Um, but the, um, so if you go to home, yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh, so that's, yeah, yeah, you'll, it'll play. So, um, very cool. Oh, the music. Most people call me voice, even though I have a personality and sound like a real person. They also okay. call me an eyeball, Amazing. even though the registered trademark is AI ball. Okay, guys, if you want to see it, go ahead to Nolan's channel. You can listen and, to and it. You can, you can download, check it out. You can download, I think, the first, I don't know, 15 chapters maybe um, on my website, nolanbarley.com. Cool. Uh, I tried to make these more of these videos. The AI voice was too temperamental. I, I'm really <laughs> rude to AI, so I called her a dumb bitch about a hundred times. Because <laughs> I'm I'm not nice to Alexa or well, when the when the AI takes over us and and subjugates <laughs> us as their slaves, you know, Nolan's going to be in the gulags. Uh, right, I, I've been so rude. I, I, to trigger people in my old New York City office, I used to always be rude to Alexa and watch how even what people can't handle if you're into <laughs> <to> Alexa. <laughs> oh, that's I funny. That. Alexa, you stupid bitch. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's hilarious. You can't handle it, you know? Oh, man, that's hilarious. hilarious. Alexa. That's hilarious. Um, no so... Man. It didn't go, you know, the other videos didn't, I couldn't master the language, but uh, you can read it all. If I would hire someone to do it, I, I could, a sound person in the future, but uh, we'll get there someday. Nolan, it's been an honor to have you on the Amazing. show, man. Really enjoyed it. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Guys, check out Nolan's uh, social media details and his website. Uh, check out his channel, subscribe to his channel so you can get more, more Nolan doses. Uh, we really, really enjoy it when he comes on the show. Thanks, Nolan. Appreciate it. All right, ladies go. and gentlemen. Wow, man, dude, I just I was just taken through a journey. It was great. I really enjoyed that. Um, so, guys, we still have the news to talk about today, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, this uh, pretty, pretty big update. Essentially, 26 Bitcoin companies uh, sign a letter to FinCEN. Just, um, just get into it. Just get into it. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. Fine. <laughs> we're running out of time. Get into it. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor. Have you ever wanted to get into Bitcoin mining and don't know where to start? That's why I want to introduce you to Scott's Build a Mine Bootcamp. He will show you how to build your own Bitcoin mine, how to get the project funded, how to get your facility filled with miners as quickly as possible. With a little luck and by putting all his techniques and strategies to work that he's developed mining Bitcoin for the last six years, you could be mining 5 million Satoshis per day or 0.05 Bitcoin in less than three months. On the free webinar, he will give you a high level roadmap that will help you get on your way to building, owning and operating your own Bitcoin mining farm. Begin your mining journey today. Register for the free webinar now. Click the link in the description of the video below or contact Scott directly on Telegram using his handle at Offered Scott and learn how to mine those precious, precious Satoshis. The Daily News. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Foundation Devices. 
It's self-custody done right. They built a premium grade hardware wallet called Passport right here in the US. It's fully open source and verifiable. It's the most intuitive Bitcoin wallet designed with the UX reminiscent of a simple feature phone. So you will know how to navigate it and use it the moment you pick it up. Get your Bitcoin off exchanges and into your into your own hands in just a few minutes. Experience the peace of mind that comes with taking ownership of your own keys. After a massive sellout during Bitcoin Miami 2023, the passport is back in stock at foundationdevices.com. Bitcoin only, open source verifiable, completely air gap security model, gorgeous design craft, premium grade materials. If you're thinking about getting your Bitcoin off exchanges, this is the one for you. Check out the Passport link in the show notes below to learn more. All right, everybody. So today's news covering the FinCEN. So FinCEN um, had this crazy proposal um, you know, that they that they took advantage of this BS article basically connecting Bitcoin to terrorism. It, re it was revealed after the fact that, you know, it was a misrepresentation of data, but that didn't stop Elizabeth Warren to capitalize it and to put pressure on the Treasury. And, uh, you know, of course, the Treasury doesn't like Bitcoin. I think Nolan really covered that essentially. World War III, the battle to come, decentralization versus centralization. And of course, the, the centralized forces are going to try to, you know, maintain that privilege of being able to create money for free that everyone else has to work for. So, uh, you know, this was a big deal by the essentially the community and all the Bitcoin companies in the community. Uh, they wrote a letter to FinCEN. Um, I was taking a look at the entire letter. It's actually pretty long, very, very thorough. But I do want to give a shout out to all these companies. So Samurai Wallet, 1031, River, Strike, Ronin Dojo, Swan, Primal, Grid, Zaprite, Peach, Mempool, Space, Upstream Data, Stack, Vita, Voltage, CoinKite, Mutiny, uh, Standard Bitcoin Co., Satoshi Energy, Cathedra, Anchor Watch, Bitnob, Oshi, Battery, Fold, and Start9. So, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of a big deal, like I said. Let me read you uh, part of the proposal. So on the very top, it says the proposed special measures would unreasonably infringe upon the legitimate financial privacy interests of cryptocurrency users and would apply to a variety of digital techniques that are not mixing transactions at all, but rather simply represent good cybersecurity practices. Moreover, the proposed special measures are unnecessary to achieve FinCEN's aim, and we encourage FinCEN to, even, to either withdraw the mixing transaction altogether or to pursue a less invasive, less restrictive and more effective approach. The same approach it has used since its first enforcement activities in the cryptocurrency space in 2013. So and then what are these some of these uh, some of these things? So essentially it would require if you every time you use a Bitcoin address, right, it, it, it essentially it penalizes you for, you know, Bitcoin best practices, right? It, you know, it could potentially put lightning in jeopardy where like the, the reporting becomes so ridiculous, right? It, it doesn't want you to use a new address every time you receive Bitcoin. Like it's so ridiculous, but I think it's meant to be ridiculous. Like the fact that they used the whole terrorism thing that was discovered after the fact that they misrepresented the data uh, for political end goal, uh, tells you that this thing was always political. It was never about the truth. It was never about stopping terrorism. They just needed that as a reason, as a justification, right? And of course, you had Elizabeth Warren waiting on the sidelines, you know, um, for this opportunity, right? She has a bill right now in Congress. 20 senators have signed up for it that will essentially be a ban on Bitcoin self-custody and Bitcoin mining in the United States. So uh, exactly, someone in the comments says, for your protection. Of course, it's always under the guise of for your protection. Anyways, 
So uh, the letter uh, outlines uh, six key points. Point number one, FinCEN should exercise caution and either withdraw entirely or narrowly tailor the fixing transaction NPRM because if adopted, the mixing transaction NPRM would not only represent the first time FinCEN used its Section 311 powers against a, a against a class of transactions, but also the first time FinCEN has ever imposed Special Measure 1. The mixing transaction NPRM proposes a rule that if that is an improper and overbroad application of Section 311 measures to achieve transaction surveillance and suppression that the FinCEN does not otherwise have a lawful basis to undertake. And remember what the Fourth Amendment is in the United States, no unreasonable search and seizure. I think this special proposal or this uh, mixing transaction NPRM is completely you know, against that, in my opinion. Uh, uh, so the third is the mixing transaction NPRM should be withdrawn because the proposed definition of the CVC mixing is overbroad and targets lawful activity in a way that makes the agency's proposed action arbitrary and capricious. Or the mixing transaction NPRM should be withdrawn because it's inaccurate depiction of standard security practices as mixing impermissibly restricts the capacity of users to protect their property so that FinCEN can conduct a phishing expedition. 100% agree with that. The, fix, the mixing transaction NPRM should be withdrawn or significantly narrowed in scope because FinCEN's required statutory analysis fails to adequately value the legitimate uses of CVC mixing services and unduly burdens legitimate users and financial institutions. Six, the mixing transaction NPRM should be withdrawn because it requires uh, covered financial institutions to perform law enforcement function to accomplish FinCEN's AML goals, which FinCEN, DOJ, and law enforcement can achieve using existing tools when they have a proper legal basis to employ those tools. So essentially what they're saying is like, dude, like, you're just trying to like surveil everyone at one time at all times. And that's basically what they're saying. And like, again, for against the fourth amendment, because like they have these tools, they have the surveillance tools, but only if someone gets like, you know, accused of a crime. But essentially what they're saying is like, no, we just need these surveillance all the time uh, because people are going to commit crime. It's a very slippery slope. And again, like it's so ridiculous. It's, it can't be applied to Bitcoin. Like the idea that somehow you're mixing because you're using a new address every time you receive Bitcoin, like that's bullshit. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's an attempt. That's a political move. You, you don't like this thing. Like just admit that you don't like this thing. That's what it's about. Like the fact that they used, the whole terrorism thing. And then the Binance press conference. I remember when I hosted that Swan space, I was like so petrified. Opti was like texting me in the background. It's like, Nico, catch your breath. Because that, that thing, I was like, holy crap, they're going to try to ban self-custody. In that entire press conference, they weren't even talking about like, see, like they're like, yeah, CZ did these things. But they mentioned the word terrorism 15 times. Okay. And it was like the top people, you know, in the U.S. government. You had Janet Yellen up there. You had Merrick Garland, right? You had you had all these people, and they were just like like trying to make that connection. And you've heard this wording. You've heard this wording from Elizabeth Warren before. And you're just like, what are they trying to do there? It's very obvious what they're trying to do. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it's BS. Um, I'm really glad that like the community came together. All these Bitcoin companies like sent in a a unified message and a very well-written and well-thought-out message uh, because I think that they thought that they were going to get away with this in the dead of night and that no one was going to notice. 
And I think the exact opposite happened. Um, the community, the Bitcoin community is awake. Uh, we know what's going on. We're aware. Um, and this is just a bunch of bullshit. That's my opinion. Anyways, Opti, what's your take? <laughs> well, of course, couldn't agree more with that last point. But but rolling back a little bit, you know, I think this is a great initiative by these Bitcoin companies. And I would like to see more Bitcoin companies either, you know, add their name to this or I, I don't know exactly what the mechanics of this are. But the cynic in me is just kind of thinking like it doesn't even matter. Like they're not going to listen to what we're doing as an industry. It, it kind of leans to the idea of, um, you know, you can't take your rights away from the oppressors. Like you just, you got to take them. So like, I really do like to see this. I think this is an awesome initiative. When I saw this come across my Twitter, what was it yesterday? I believe it was like, all right, sweet. Like, where people actually care and they're trying to fight this like that's awesome as far as i'm concerned but again the cynic in me the skeptic in me is like you know you think elizabeth warren's gonna care because we wrote a paper you know we wrote a letter to her like no but i do believe that maybe laying out our claims in a nice succinct letter will show the people that are on the fence that really don't know what's going on to explain to them how nefarious this actually is, the Elizabeth Warren bills, the FinCEN proposals, and just how <laughs> and just how far they are reaching to take our liberties and our freedoms. Of course, we already live in a digital world and our money's already digital. So like they can pretty much do all the stuff they want to do to Bitcoin in a roundabout way. And I, I really loved how Nolan was saying this earlier in the show, how this is an economic war. And, you know, Nico, we've been saying it for a while on the show that it is Bitcoin or it is slavery. It is Bitcoin or it is a CBDC system. And this is the future we are heading. They want to totally control you. It is always about control. And it will always be about control. And what we're seeing right now coming from the regulators, the politicians, governments, and even Wall Street themselves, or like SEC, the institutions that be, they are all trying to fit Bitcoin into the fiat box. And it's just awesome to see them scramble and to see them, you know, flap in the wind and be just so concerned with people wanting to save in something that they cannot control, that they can't steal. Again, we brought the Fed paper. You know, Nolan was talking about it today that the main psychological tool of control is money. It's always about the money. It will always be about the money until we we take that power away from them. And that's what Bitcoin is. It, it's a a tool for freedom. It's, you know, what sailor we say property rights encrypted in cyberspace or whatever it is. And as we move forward. I think it's naive of everyone in Bitcoin to believe that they're not going to fight. What's the quote we always say, Nico? They won't go quietly into that good night. Yeah. If, if you're in these positions of power, of course, you're not going to just give up that power without a fight. And so this is what we're seeing. We're seeing the powers that be try to, for lack of a better term, sigh up the, the masses into basically their own dystopian totalitarian slavery for the rest of humanity. Like it's really nefarious and disgusting that this is where we are. And, and someone said in the chat, and I totally agree with this, is like, it's absolutely amazing how much these people hate the Constitution. Like these people took an oath to the Constitution to maintain what made America great in the first place. And again, don't throw tomatoes in the whole Trump thing or whatever. Uh, but the, the fact that they constantly try to roll stuff out and take more and more power away from us as citizens, it just shows how afraid they are 
of sovereign, freedom-minded people. Mm -hmm. And this is the importance of showing up every single day, trying to spread that message outside of our Bitcoin echo chamber. And, you know, as much as I'm being cynical about this letter in the first place, just like showing people, look, what we're doing here isn't as nefarious as the powers that be would like to, to make it out to be because like, this is not about what, what are all the things they say about us? Like we're financial criminals, we're domestic terrorists. Like we're, we're, we're all, we're psychopaths. We're, we're only here to launder Sophisticated money. Shadow yeah. Courts. Like <laughs> we're, really all we're doing is we realize the mechanisms of control out there and it is the dollar. Look, if you just do a basic, basic research on how much the dollar has dwindled in the last hundred years. Like it's so obvious to us that we are getting stolen from and, and not only in America, just in general, the dollars, the world reserve currency. So everyone is getting poorer. Why those people in power are getting richer and richer and they're trying to consolidate all the resources. And all of us Bitcoiners are just kind of like, Hey, uh, we don't have to take this abuse anymore. Like this doesn't have to happen. And yet they still continue to try to roll out more and more things to control us. And it's just like, man, it really, it really does feel like this is the final battle. At least we're in the early stages. Like this, the, the war is happening now and it's happening in, as, as Nolan was saying earlier, in, in a psychological manner, it, it is all, an attempt to just psyop the masses into basically enjoying their slavery. What's the Klaus Schwab tweet or quote, you know, uh, you will own nothing and be happy. And we're just sitting here like, no, we're going to own Bitcoin and be extremely happy. Yes. We're going to own nothing uh, other than Bitcoin. But other than that, like life is good. And hence why I did in the chat, you know, has your life improved while you personally been on a Bitcoin standard is because we constantly see this happen. It happened for Nico and I, it happened to all my friends, that are Bitcoiners, it's like, as Nolan said, and I really love how he said it earlier, it's like, once you start to save in Bitcoin, you can unplug from all the madness. You you don't have to participate in the clown world. You don't have to participate in the circus that is mainstream media, politics in general. You just save in Bitcoin and put your mental energy towards the things that you enjoy. You unplug, you, you, you know, you create things you want to see in the world and you live the life that that we were all promised as kids, as children, you know, growing up in in a in a freedom minded world. You know, the the white picket fence, the dream of, hey, if I bootstrap myself, if I work hard, I can live a good life. And that's been stolen from everyone in the world, not just Americans and, and not just people in the first world. Every single one of us is feeling the problems of fiat debasement. And we're seeing this play out in real time. This is why so many people are so pissed off. This is why everyone is protesting. This is why you feel this. If you're not in Bitcoin, if you're in, in normal popular culture, this is why you feel that nihilism, that just like straight De uh, demoralization of culture is because we are all getting poorer and most people don't know that there's a solution to this. They, they, most people don't, they don't even, even know they, they have a problem. Know, they don't even know what's going on. Like exactly. They just think like the world, that's the way the world is. That's the way the cookie crumbles. And it's like, that's, that's, you know, that's where Bitcoin really changes. And we actually released a poll uh, asking the audience, has your life improved on the Bitcoin standard? 61% uh, of you said yes. 33% uh, of you said not yet then four percent of you said no and the um, not yet is just that they just started stacking yeah. the, the so, yes. like, like i look and this is why we don't really talk about the price like we say the price in the morning but like we don't just pull up charts and whatever like 
I swear to you, adopt Bitcoin, hold it for a minimum of four years, and you will see your life get better, right? Um, you got to get out of that fiat mindset, that fiat matrix, and get into get on a Bitcoin standard, and and just everything gets cheaper, your life gets better, you you think more long term, you get more optimistic about the future. Um, you know, it, I, I'm telling you, it's 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 really 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 useful, and I completely agree with Nolan. He had an incredible take. Once the rest of the world is on that, I think we're going to see a, a renaissance in humanity. Like, I can't wait for that time um, because I think it's going to bring out the best in humanity and it's going to be awesome. I can't wait for that future. Hopefully I see it in my lifetime. Anyways, guys, if you enjoyed the wow, show. Wow, so bearish. Anyways, guys, if you enjoyed the show and you know what to do, <laughs> smash that like button. Consider subscribing if you feel like we provided you value. But the number one thing you could do to help push this peaceful Bitcoin revolution is share Bitcoin content. Share Nolan's content. Share Simply's content. Share Bitcoin content in general. We got to win over the culture. Share uh, share Bitcoin music. Share Bitcoin podcasts. Share Bitcoin everything. That's how, make, that's how we win. Make the arts, guys. Yeah. Make the culture. Participating and propagating the memes and the signal. This is how we win. Let's make America optimistic again. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the that's the line. We're moving uh, forward. We're moving forward. Don't look backward. We're we're building the new world as we speak. Vote Opti twenty twenty four. Um. Anyways, it wouldn't work. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we go, Nico, <laughs> uh, shouts out to our Substack. Uh, shouts out to all the subscribers. It is growing. Shouts out to our boy, Zach, that's been dropping hot fire. He's got a running narrative. I love the voice that he is is cultivating over there. We just dropped. I, I think this might be one of the best articles we dropped on our Substack. It's a fireside chat with Bitcoin. And it, I th it's so like it's such a, a sweet framing of what is going on in the Bitcoin space and, and what we're all doing here as individuals. Read it and share it to your friends because it really goes from point A to point B and I don't know, like maybe 1,500 words or something. I don't know. I didn't count. But it really, really, in my opinion, frames what's going on here in a very, very sweet way. So shouts right. out to everyone subscribing to our Substack. We love you guys. We're going to go super hard in 2024 and give you guys that signal. We're on, we're on the mission. We're on the mission. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow for any episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. <laughs>